Coming to you live from a barbecue shack near you, it's the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. We've got the sweet tea, the white bread, and a whole lot of slow smoke takes lined up. So put down your turkey burger, turn up the volume, and grab your hog, because it's about to be on. Oh, yeah. Now, say hello to your self-proclaimed food and sports experts, the utterly enthusiastic Holt Smash, and the one and only Tinder King of Memphis, Mr. JB the underscore Brooks. And now, here's your host, always full of ship, Alex Bullship One. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the official March Madness SEC Slow Smoke podcast. We finally have the field set. Seven SEC teams in, one team out that maybe should have been in, and we are ready to get to work, as JB likes to say. I'm joined by my boy Holt Smash, who's here. What's up, Alex? How's it going? Doing all right. And Mr. Tinder King of Memphis is making his nat- his naturally, what's it called? Not naturally, uh, late appearance, as usual. Uh, I think we've got him now. Fashionably late is what I'm saying. It's Mr. JB. <clears throat> I'm always fashionably late. That's you know my calling card. We were What's just getting, we were just getting to the get to work part, JB. I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to work then. What's uh what's the what's the latest with you fellas? You are now not sep- now not joined by the hip. You're separated in two different three different states now, right? All together. Is that question directed at someone specifically, or just? It's kind of up in the air. Um, it was, it wasn't rhetorical. I was I know that, so I was hoping uh, somebody would buzz in here. Yeah, we are assuming that you're still in Georgia. Then I'm in Illinois. JB's in Tennessee, and you're in Georgia, right? Correct. Long distance, long distance. Fun weekend in Memphis. Oh yeah, always. Good. Got some barbecue. Of course, the. JB, uh, what else is there to do in Memphis besides the barbecue? Sorry. JB sent me the picture of the what I now found out was IHOP, and it looks like there was probably like maybe two sticks of butter on the ten pancakes that y'all had. That wasn't IHOP, Alex. I thought you told me it was IHOP. No, I told you it was Perkins. Perkins, excuse me. Excuse me. Well, Perkins, there was a shit ton of butter, as there should be on pancakes, but like even then, it looks like a lot. Unlimited pancakes for three ninety nine. Can't beat that. But there were then half price appetizers. I would say not just pancakes. I saw a lot of stuff on there. <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, we did like a perfect late night menu. I guess like you know late night menu. We had some bar food and we had breakfast food. So we had a little bit of both. Were y'all the only ones in there? No, there were some others in there. It wasn't too. There was crowded. a Colombian family in there speaking in uh, habla de español. Oui, oui. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> no habla mucho español. Yeah, we won't. We won't do um, flashback to French class in high school. I know that wasn't the best decision you ever made. No, but, but I, didn't, I didn't learn too much. 
I did learn uh, je fame, which means I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> je fucking know. Je don't fucking know. <laughs> uh, good times. Good times in French. Um, so, good eating and another another weekend in Memphis for the official tournament, which actually starts again, kind of conflicted. JB, you think the tournament starts Thursday or do you think it starts Tuesday? To me, it's always starts Thursday. I yeah. mean, Tuesday and Wednesday games are just play-in games to me. Those aren't tournament games. Do you feel like y'all got your fill of basketball this weekend, or do you feel like you're still, like, one more? I think I'm ready for more. I think Hold is just like, let's just get this tournament over with. The tournament over with? Like, on the football season, is that what you're saying, Holt? <laughs> uh, I mean, a little bit. I mean, I'm, you know, I like I like March Madness and, and all that, but basketball is definitely, like, my third or fourth favorite sport. SEC football, SEC baseball, then – or then well, – where's Major League Baseball? Because that comes in there somewhere. I would, if I had to rank it, I would say college football is number one, obviously. MLB baseball is number two. College baseball number three. And then basketball number four. Is MLB – Like college basketball number four and then NBA somewhere like around 50. <laughs> right behind like badminton and all those. Right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, what's that Olympic sport? Curling? Yeah, after curling. My favorite thing about curling is every time it comes on TV, like, everybody just, like, has to make a joke about, like, how stupid it is. And it's, like, we've seen this for, like, two or three Olympics in a row now, and everybody still makes the same question or same remarks, like, this is so stupid, this is a sport, what is the sport? But it's funny, it's kind of like... And then the Russian dude got caught for doping. For curling? Yes. That is something to talk about. I like that, that's funny. You gotta gotta go big or go home. But also, all of Russia was cheating on the Olympics, right? Right, always. And they elected our president. I don't know. That's that's the word on the street. I don't know. It's a, yeah. Should we do like a CNN type show right now and just do like a major like switch and talk about hey, CNN, politics? CNN is located here, but we we're not going to do that for this show. Um, question before we get into the basketball for the weekend: um, Does Major League Baseball rank a close second behind college football? Um, not really. I think it's pretty, it's college football is number one at the top by a pretty substantial margin. JB, I know you like college football best, but after that, is it college basketball or NBA? Oh, it's college basketball for me. Uh, I used to be, you know, more of an NBA fan, but the way the NBA has been the last couple of years, like, it's just, I feel like it's just getting more, you know, star powered and more towards the uh, bigger markets. Like, it's definitely more favoritism towards those bigger markets and, all these stars don't want to just go play anywhere. They always just want to finish out the rookie contract wherever they get drafted at some small market team and then just go play somewhere else, like, in a big market. Like, it's 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 not the trend I like. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. The whole Kevin Durant going to the Warriors is kind of like the final straw for me, although I still do watch NBA basketball. We'll watch the playoffs at least, but I don't like it as much. And the Grizzlies aren't as good, so it's not as fun, but still – uh, I just think um, I'm, I'm probably a little different from both of you in fact that I like college basketball more than college football, but that's also no surprise because Memphis is better in basketball than football, or at least they have a chance in basketball and football. Um, until they kick out Bandy and uh, ask Memphis to join the SEC, it's not looking good for Memphis's national championship hopes. However, a lot of college basketball this weekend. If you had to rank the college basketball conference tournaments, J.B., where is SEC? I'm not asking you to rank all of them, but is the SEC one of the top conference basketball tournaments this weekend that was entertaining? 
I would put the SEC right at the top along with the ACC. Those two tournaments were the best by far. Yeah. Hold. did you watch the ACC tournament as well with JB? Um, no, I didn't pay quite as much attention. Um, I thought the SEC tournament was a ton of fun, especially um, yesterday, which was, I guess, Saturday, um, when you had Auburn, Florida, and Tennessee, Kentucky both coming down to, like, kind of the last second there. Yeah. That was uh, really fun. And uh, the Florida LSU game was a lot of fun also. So there was a lot of really, really exciting uh, games going on in the SEC. I didn't pay too much attention to stuff going on outside the SEC, but, you know, so the kind of what I do. The Florida LSU game was on during the day Friday, and we were all talking about it kind of after the fact. JB alerted us. Um, I was at work, and I think y'all were driving or doing something else where you couldn't watch it, correct? Nobody was watching it, but everybody figured out what happened after JB texted us. Yeah, but that was maybe the best game of the of the weekend for SEC. I'm not sure. I, I probably it has to be right. It's either it's either Florida LSU or Tennessee Kentucky. I mean, I I would say Tennessee Kentucky. I mean, I think that's one of the uh, better games SEC tournaments had in a long time. Just you know, two top ten teams. I can't remember the last time the SEC's had two top ten teams meet in the SEC tournament. Someone was, I remember reading some stat like that. that the last time it happened was in the. Uh, mid-90s when Arkansas and Kentucky met one year. So, Kentucky fans are notorious for traveling for basketball games to wherever. They'll go to uh, Maui for the tournament, which a lot of teams, a lot of fans will go there because that's actually a vacation, so that's not the best example, but they'll go wherever to watch Kentucky play basketball. Nashville is kind of a tricky spot because, or it's actually, I would say, a good location because it's probably... I mean, it's closer to Tennessee, but it's not far from Lexington either. So it's a good location. And um, you would think that Kentucky fans would just overrule everybody else wherever they go. But there was a lot of Tennessee fans there at that game and this whole weekend. Would you say, JB, that it was 50-50 for that game? Not necessarily. I, there was definitely more Kentucky fans. But there was a lot less blue in the uh, building and Bridgestone yesterday than there has been in previous years because Tennessee fans definitely came out and supported their team and – put a lot more, you know, of an opposing team's colors in the arena than Kentucky fans are used to seeing. Usually it's been pretty much all blue in the entire arena. And, like, Kentucky fans are really clever about obtaining seats, and they usually do this well over a year in advance. Like, they'll even, like, you know, buy ticket books from other schools and just buy them a year ahead of time. And they this is like they plot out their vacations a year ahead and plot out for the SEC tournament and plan on spending the entire week there. They are they are rather crazy, which is what makes it so much fun when uh, fan bases get really into the games and all the rivalries and the whole thing. Uh, before we get any further, we should have probably done this ten minutes ago, or I guess nine minutes ago. Uh, let's do a quick rundown uh, of what we're going to talk about for this show, which isn't too too surprising. Uh, we're going to talk about probably college basketball for the entire hour or hour and a half. We decided to talk about uh, for the show. Um, SEC tournament we'll cover a little bit more. We covered a little bit now. Um, we'll talk about obviously the NCAA tournament, who who made it, who should who didn't make it, but should have, who did make it, shouldn't have, all that good stuff. In and out. Um, final four. We'll do our final four picks. We'll do our upset picks and uh, talk more basketball. So let's continue on with this uh, SEC tournament talk. Uh, did y'all see? The um, everybody, not I wouldn't say Twitter's going wild, but people are talking about on Twitter how Coach Cow's flexing on everybody with the interview, and he had um, I don't know who he, who he interviewed or who interviewed him, but he was on ESPN, and he um, 
I guess it was at his house, and he had the John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, and Anthony Davis jerseys in the background. And everybody was, like, making a big deal that he was like, oh, no big deal. These are just my players that I coached. Don't see that? No? Yeah. He had, like, the DeMarcus Cousins jersey and, like, some other stuff. That was pretty cool. Yeah. That's definitely for recruiting purposes only. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, let's talk, let's talk about this real quick. How are you overall with how Mississippi State played this weekend? I, I would think they probably performed up to expectations. Say that again. I'm sorry. You kind of cut out a little bit. Mississippi State, how are you feeling about how they performed this weekend? You know, I mean, I think they did about what they're expected to do. I mean, they blew out Texas A&M, which I think a lot of people expected, and then they struggled a little bit more with Tennessee. Um, they kept it close for a lot of the game, but <laughs> – you know, they're only playing seven guys right now with Nick Weatherspoon, Nick Weatherspoon still uh, suspended. So uh, they they get a little worn out in the second half. And uh thought they played hard. And Eric Holman got really hot in the second half, hit like six threes, I think. I think it was like six to six in three-point range, which is like ridiculous. And uh, kind of kept them in it a little bit. But, uh, you know, they, they did about their expected to do. So it's hard to be like disappointed. But, yeah, it would have been nice to see them like make a run. If they'd have been, like we talked about last time, if they'd have been, like, the upper part of the bracket in the SEC tournament, I really think they could have had a chance if they got matched up with, you know, South Carolina or, uh, you know, LSU in that second round. I feel like they'd had a much better shot to uh, get to yeah, Saturday. Yeah, brings the next question. Um, you have to wonder if – where LSU's at mentally. Uh, they lost to Florida in a comeback win for Florida, a great win for Florida, but not a great look for LSU with no Will Wade on the sideline. Um JB, you think their you think their mind is somewhere else other than the game with um, how they played on Friday, I think. And then how do you think this is going to uh, fare out for them in the tournament? Not really. I mean, I, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I mean, they just ran into a really desperate Florida team. Uh, Florida needed that game against LSU in order to propel them into the tournament. I mean, they were just barely on barely in the tournament by most uh, bracket bracketologists at the time, and. They needed some assurance, and beating LSU would have definitely punched their ticket. Like, LSU, like, they're already locked in, and they've had some distractions that previous week uh, with Will Wade being suspended and Javante Smart, uh, you know, being sidelined as well. And it's just a lot of distractions for that team. And I think now with everything behind them, I think they'll be a little bit more focused going into the tournament. And, you know, they kind of have nothing to lose because considering what's about to probably happen in that program, uh, I mean – what what do you what do you tell these freshmen? I mean, you you think you're going to mail it in, or you think you're going to go out there and prove a lot of people wrong? I don't know. I just know whenever they lose in the tournament, unless they lose in like the elite eight or something like that, everybody's going to say, "Well, yeah, they had all these distractions, so it's understandable." Exactly. Like, so if they when when and if they lose, I mean, yeah, it will be a good excuse. Like, yeah, there was a lot of distractions, but I'm not going to take it away from them that they are a really good team. They're still a you know, second weekend caliber team in my mind. So, Florida probably would have not gotten in if they didn't beat LSU. If we, I guess, agree on that. Uh, just looking at where they were slotted at a ten seed, uh, they probably still. I think they would have gotten in even without beating LSU, but they probably would have been one of those first four games. You know what? What I love about college basketball and college football, for that matter, are I think there's so much better storylines in college basketball and football than um, professional. I mean, there are storylines in professional um, NFL or NBA, but um, 
like college basketball, for instance. Let's just go this weekend. Um, you have the first round matchup between Ole Miss and Alabama. And there's a storyline there that um, Alabama needs to win this game basically to get into the tournament. And also Avery Johnson needs this game in order to save his job. Um, they win. And then you, I guess you, I don't know, you didn't really ever worry about Ole Miss, but I don't know. I just, I thought like they weren't as good. I mean, I guess they should have gotten the tournament, but I don't know if, I, I just don't understand why they were never like a truly a bubble team. But um, that was a great comeback win for Alabama because they we we texted at halftime and said like Avery Johnson's done after this game, but they end up coming back and win. Now it's kind of a controversial move. What what should they do with Avery Johnson now? Because they beat Ole Miss, they came back, and then they got killed by Kentucky, and they're going to the NIT. So should they keep them or should they uh, try to get somebody new? I but, think Alabama needs to give them one more year. I mean. I don't know why he would uh, go through the process now. I mean, <clears throat> to me, like, he's got enough goodwill for making the tournament last year. And like like he said in one an interview recently, he's only had four years there. Uh, give him another year. Because, I mean, you're at Alabama. And Avery, you got a really high-profile coach in Avery Johnson coaching your program. I mean, anybody that comes to coach a basketball at Alabama is going to be second fiddle to Nick Saban in the football program. So, you know, I mean, I just I don't think the job is as attractive as some Alabama fans may make it out to be. Yes, you can definitely get a really good up and comer, but you're not going to get someone that's proven and has had as much success as someone like Avery Johnson's had. A team that took a Dallas Mavericks team to the NBA Finals and was up three uh, one in the series in the series against the Miami Heat over ten years ago and had a chance to win the finals. So you almost have a, you know, an NBA champion head coach. Oh, does does anybody have a better accent than Avery Johnson? I don't think so. I was actually me and my dad were actually texting back and forth uh, some YouTube videos of people impersonating him, and there's some pretty good impersonations out there. I know Kevin Hart does one that's pretty <laughs> funny, and uh, so there's some other ones out there. I think uh, Riley yeah. Norris, who I'm pr- I'm probably like distantly yeah. related to, uh, uh, because he's actually from we have the same not only do we have the same last name, but our like my dad's family is from like that part of Alabama too, so like we're almost definitely like related somehow. Where where's that Alabama? It gotta be Jasper, uh, like north yeah, of Birmingham. So, but anyway, get away from that. Uh, Riley Norris does a good impersonation of him. Kevin Hart. There's a few of them out there that are that are really funny. The, but yeah, it's what's the guy? I'm I'm a big fan of uh, Alex. Okay. I'm a big fan of. Uh, <laughs> Avery Johnson, and I think they should. Uh, I think they should let him uh, coach another year. I just think he's really professional, and I just, I just love the way he coaches. I'm a little biased just because, um, you know, I just really like the way he handles himself and the way he interviews. And you know, I don't know if that's really that important to some fans, but to me, I just, I just think he's a really good example. Bullshit. I think you just want to hear him talk more at Alabama. I think that's sounds yeah. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to hear him talk more. I thought you were going to say that I wanted Mystery Stage no. to beat him, but. Yeah, both no, of those uh, are true. Who he reminds me of is he, like, if I close my eyes, sometimes he kind of sounds like Dave Chappelle. Chappelle has, like, a little country accent, too. It's kind of surprising, but he does. Or at least I think he does. Do you not think he does? He's from, like, Ohio or something. Yeah, but you, if you hear Chappelle. him talk, he sounds like he's, like, from the South. I think he's just from, like, yeah. the middle of nowhere. But um, Avery Johnson. Avery Johnson is a – I mean, I haven't met him personally, but he is a – Sounds like a good person uh, from what I've read. At least he's a good person. Although he might have paid 
Colin Sexton or had one of his runners pay Colin Sexton to go to Alabama. But, I mean, that's happening everywhere, so no big deal there. Another story um, is Auburn is – Bruce Pearl has, like, a the, um, the fall guy already set up at Auburn. So, like, one of the guys on the Auburn staff got fired last year. I forgot who it was. I don't know if you, you remember JB. But um, Auburn, like everybody else, everybody was caught up in this whole recruiting scandal and paying players. But Auburn was definitely involved in it, and uh, somebody already got fired from it. So it's pretty cool that Bruce Pearl knows what he's doing there and make sure he doesn't take blame for this. Um, but, yeah, uh, so Alabama wins, then loses to Kentucky, doesn't get in the tournament. JB, should they have gotten in the tournament? Yeah, yeah. I. I... Why? Are you talking about Alabama? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, for a while I thought they should have been. <laughs> uh, but the, down the stretch, like, they had, they lost some games, which they shouldn't have. Like, the one game they really blew was that game that they played at home against uh, LSU. Like, that and game Auburn. was pretty close. And Auburn. Those are two games to me. Like, if they had won at least one of those games going into the SEC tournament, they probably would have been right on the uh, last four in line. But losing both of those games, you know, that, that pretty much just killed their season. That, I think it just broke them, and it put them in a position to where they had to make a run in the SEC tournament probably all the way to – at least to where they would have had to beat Kentucky, I think, in order to put themselves right in back in a position where they all they need to do is win one more game to make the tournament. But losing those last two games of the regular season, I think, is what ultimately killed them. Not that it matters, but they did get the number one seed in the NIT. Not the number one overall seed, but the A number one seed in the NIT. So I guess they were really close. Do they put a they put a banner up for that? I don't know. I really some, some schools do that. Yeah, I, I've seen some schools that hang up banners for NIT appearances. That Ole Miss does that. We well, yeah, Memphis does actually. Believe it or not, Memphis isn't that bad of a school, but like they do. Um, I don't know if they still are going to, but they. I know they. I don't know if it's just like NIT appearances or if it's like NIT. Final Four, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but um, there are some NIT banners and FedEx Forum. Um, but, yeah, I, I'll tell you this, JB. You're, you're saying that you're not sure who Alabama could get if they do fire Avery Johnson. I've seen Steve Prom thrown out a lot. He's the um, Iowa State coach. He's an Alabama alum. I don't know why he would leave Iowa State for Alabama other than being an Alabama alum. But um, Yeah, I mean, I mean, Steve Prom would be a – would be a really great hire for for uh, not Ole Miss Alabama if uh, you know they decide to go in a different direction. <clears throat> but Steve Prohm is at a is at a, a school that really puts a lot of money and investment into their basketball program, and Alabama just hasn't really shown that they're committed to winning as much, you know, because they put all their money and their resources into their uh, football program. Like you look at all their other sports, like baseball and basketball, women's hoops, like they're really not that good in all those sports. I mean, yeah. it's, it's really – they're just good in one thing. And, and what they're good in is, is you know, the, the best, you know, program in all of college football. Still, um, yeah, that's a recurring thing we keep saying on this is that Alabama doesn't care, which is true about uh, other sports other than football. But, I mean, honestly, oh, would, would you take being number one in football every year over having – yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, you can finish that sentence with, like, almost anything in the interest yeah, of Yeah, exactly. And I think, I mean, I, I honestly, some people talk about that. I, we had um, we had a discussion at school about it one day. Like, would you rather be really good at one sport or, like, decent at a lot of sports? Like, for instance, Stanford's decent at a lot of sports. But you could be Kansas basketball and be really good at basketball and shitty at football. Although, they do have less miles coming, so maybe things are turning around. But um, I think that's kind of cool if you're really good at one sport and not great at another. But also, it's kind of fun to have 
some uh, multiple sports that are good. But yeah, well, if it was football, then it'd be worth it. But no other sport I yeah. think is worth it. Like if you had it, like just, if you had it like Alabama does, then it would be good. But any other sport, I feel like it wouldn't. It wouldn't be worth it. So anything else in Memphis happened besides eating and watching basketball? Nope, no, it was, it. It, was, it was what we, what we many would call a boring weekend. It would be a boring weekend for you, Alex. No, I mean, I like I like doing both of those. No, your weekend didn't look like it was that boring. Uh, I noticed on your uh, social media that you uh, went out and celebrated St. Patrick's Day, so I hope you had some TVs. Or if not, you were really dedicated. No, I watch, I watch basketball still. I still got my basketball. And um, not as much as I would have if I was just, like, sitting on the couch, but I still watch – Enough basketball for me, at least. But um, other games. So, Florida beats LSU, and then Florida should have beat Auburn. Agree or disagree? Hold. I don't want to say should have, but <laughs> – I want to say should have, but they definitely had a foul at the end of the game. Don't know if I would say if it was a foul on the floor or shooting – you know, should have been within the shooting motion where he would have gotten three free throws. But at the very least, there should have been some free throws shot at the end of the game because there's definitely a foul, and Auburn was trying to foul and Florida player was trying to get the shot off at the same time. So, however you want to look at it, there should have been some kind of foul called at the end there. Yeah, it was um, – I don't think that was a good game. I, I really like Auburn, which we'll get into when we talk about Auburn. Um, really, really enjoy watching Auburn play now. Uh, so, so I'm assuming you are both just, again, sitting on the couch watching Kentucky, Tennessee. How How is the um, – the psychology of it whole watching a Tennessee Kentucky basketball game with JB in a like very intensive game. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, JB tried to act calm, but I could tell he was, he was really into it. And, um, but it was fun. It was fun to watch Tennessee got behind, but uh, I think they're down what, like eight with like three or four minutes left and came back and won. So really exciting win for Tennessee and, uh, you know, we were t- actually talking about this today, but maybe almost like too excited about beating Kentucky and uh, maybe not quite, maybe a little bit too emotional and had some trouble getting back today for the uh, Auburn game. Did you did you ever pull any um, jokes during the game for Kentucky Tennessee? No. Like some, sometimes you can do that, no. but then also you feel really bad because you, you put yourself in his shoes. Like if it was a Mr. State ball game or something like yeah. that. Like... Yeah. Like if – they're in a Mississippi football game. Like, I don't really want to talk to anyone. Yeah, actually, I don't like watching my team play around other people, especially if I know there's a chance they could lose. Because, like, other people will watch the game and, like, not be sensitive to your emotions around the game. And, yeah, like, God, exactly. they suck. Like, that's like be, um, me watching Memphis basketball back in the day with uh, my old roommate in Memphis. And, yeah, with Dalton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, would, he would come in there. And we'd be, like, losing to, like, Tulsa by like 20 and he'd be like oh my god they suck what is going on (laughs) yeah like I'm definitely one of those that like I like watching my team by myself preferably but if I'm watching with someone like don't bother me about my team during the game because I'm not going to bother you about your team yeah that's my that's my rule I don't know if it's not do do, it's a it's a golden rule do unto others that you'd have them do unto you is that like a understood guy rule or is it just like because we understand it no I think it's just a diehard sports fan role. I don't think people who don't – the guys who don't love sports don't really get it as much, so just give you, like, a hard time. But I'm one of those people, like, I get, like, really freaked out sometimes. So, like, I don't want to, like, listen to anybody give me a hard time. It's just, it's just, like, I'm not in the mood for this right now. I think you watch 
uh, your team play whole like I watch my teams play and like I just I think they're gonna lose every single game and do something stupid every single day. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. That's just. Well, being a Mississippi State fan, I'll do that too. Yeah. Which we 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 had that discussion before. But I don't know if Mississippi State fans are like if it's the most miserable in SEC or like who who is like really the most miserable. Like Auburn could be up there, but Auburn also wins a lot for football. At least we're talking about football. Um, Tennessee Tennessee football has been very frustrating our last ten years historically. Arkansas Arkansas has been pretty rough. Yeah, but the last few years, this it's like this year, like you knew they were going to be bad. It's just the way some teams lose. Like Tennessee Tennessee yeah. loses very creatively. And so- but I was actually thinking of uh, Arkansas blowing the uh, College World Series last year on a uh, pop up a foul oh, ball yeah. pop up that should should have been caught would have uh, won in the national championship and it fell and they ended up losing. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember that. I remember that now that you said that. But Arkansas is still good in baseball, though. They're still a pretty good team. I mean, I would take losing in the national championship game, even as shitty as that sounds, the way it ended. But still, <clears throat> still not, bad, yeah. not, not a bad way to go out. So, uh, JB, break down the Kentucky-Tennessee game for me real quick. So, uh, actually, before we get get into the Kentucky-Tennessee, I want to take a se- take a step back here. Um, tell me how you all watched the Tennessee-Mississippi State game together. Did y'all, did y'all go in different rooms? Did you shut up when – um, Admiral dunked over Mississippi State. Were you quiet when Mississippi State was up in the beginning of the game? How does this go down? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really talk a lot, like, the whole game. I, I kind of, like, knew they were going to lose, so I wasn't trying to, like, act, like, overconfident or anything. And, uh, you know, Mississippi State had some good plays early in the game, and I kept quiet. But then when Admiral Schofield dunked on Robert Water, JB, like, freaked out, and I was like, man, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could, I could understand that. That's – I actually I wouldn't I wouldn't want to watch the Tennessee Memphis basketball game with JB too, especially because I know Tennessee would win. So it would just be it would be tough. Although I feel like JB is very respectful uh, when when I do watch Memphis play, even if it was Tennessee. Um, so shout out to you, JB. But JB, you're you're the um, you're the you're the big team riding through this tournament. The the not the favorite, but one of the favorites in Tennessee. So how did you take this weekend all together? I mean, I, I thought it was a pretty productive weekend. I mean, for Tennessee, for the most part, until they, you know, got their shit kicked, you know, shit face kicked in, you know, today against Auburn. But yeah, but I mean, against Mississippi State, I mean, they took care of business. They did what they were supposed to do. I mean, Admiral Schofield probably had one of the highlight plays of the weekend with that, you know, posterization dunk. And for the most part, I was pretty quiet throughout the game too. I mean, I thought Tennessee was doing what they were supposed to do. But when a play like that happens, like. It kind of just comes out on me, but I wasn't like being overly dramatic. I was just more like, just damn, Admiral, damn. I, I still don't like Tennessee basketball as a team, but like the individual, their players, like this is probably one of the most um, admired Tennessee teams from a distance that most people nationally respect because they're their experience, experience group, which also could come back for another year. Most of them, except for Admiral, I think, and I guess Kyle Alexander. Um, could unless they decide to go to the draft. So a lot of them could come back and be really good again next year. But um, most most everybody nationally really likes Tennessee, who they are, because none of them were really five star recruits coming out of high school. They were nobody, and they turned into somebody. And they everybody likes the comeback story for Rick Barnes getting fired at Texas and then coming back and you know having the number one team in a while there. Yeah, they got some pretty likable players on their team, and it's a lot of. Uh... You know, experienced guys, guys that weren't highly recruited, they all play really well together. They have great chemistry, and 
and they got a coach that has a lot to prove. So, yeah, it's a perfect storm for Tennessee this year to make some noise. I mean, I, I don't take anything away from one game, like with them getting blown up by Auburn today. Just like I'm not taking anything away from Virginia getting ousted early in the turn, in the conference tournament against, in, against Virginia. Wait, wait. Virginia Tech got ousted by Florida State. I don't take anything away from that. I don't take anything away from Texas Tech losing to, Virginia, to West Virginia. Teams lose conference tournaments all the time. It's really just an anomaly because – you know, I, I don't think you just automatically assume the conference champion that makes a run is just going to make a run in this NCAA tournament either. It's really just all about matchups and it's any given day. And in this NCAA tournament, it's all about surviving and advancing. JB, break down this Kentucky Tennessee game for me real quick. First of all, was it Lamont Turner the one that hit the three? It was. It was Lamonte Turner. And before that, he never really hits threes, is whatever I said. Well, well, he was a hot, he's always been a really hot shooter. But in the last, uh, probably about five or six games. He's gone really cold. And uh, I think in the entire SEC tournament, he was 0 for 14, some kind of stat like that. And then he makes the biggest three of his career, you know, given the lead against Kentucky with, like, 28 seconds left. Yeah, big game and unlikely hero coming out of it. I wouldn't think it would be him, although Grant Williams did play well. Um, do you like Grant Williams or Admiral the best on the team? I think uh, Grant Williams is a better player, but Admiral Schofield to me is kind of like the um, outspoken leader, although Grant Williams is as much of a leader too, and so is Jordan Bone. But Admiral Schofield to me is kind of the face of the team, in my opinion, as far as like national perception. I, I'm saying who do you like better person? Like you're, who's your favorite player? Admiral? Shit. shit. I, 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 to me, I, if I need one of those two players to go off, I would rather have Grant Williams go off. Complicated question, I know. So tell me, tell me why Tennessee beat Kentucky on Saturday. I think it's just more of a not, never give up mentality. Uh, when the time came, around two minutes and thirty seconds left, and Tennessee's down by eight, uh, Kentucky I think got a little bit more settled, and Tennessee started going into a uh, full court press, and they were able to get a bucket, and then they were able to get a uh, turnover when Kentucky threw the ball into Hero, and he traveled, and then Tennessee ends up coming down and scoring that next possession. And then just like that, the game was a uh, four was a three point game, you know, just as a matter of about thirty seconds. So to me, that was really the five point swing that started that. And then it was like I think the score was like seventy two sixty nine with maybe two minutes left. And right after that, it was, it was you knew it was going to be a dog fight in those last two minutes. And Admiral Schofield hit a really big three to cut it to two. And then Grant Williams hit another big three that put him up one. And then obviously Lamonte Turner hit another three after that to give them a two-point lead with 29 seconds left. And it was just a gritty win for them. And they, it was a really emotional game, too. Like, it was it was an absolute heavyweight fight between those two. And it looked like a Final Four matchup. I mean, both teams are really elite. Uh, they know each other really well. They know their strengths and weaknesses. Two really good coaches. And, you know, fans that were almost 50-50, slightly into Kentucky. It, it was an awesome atmosphere in Nashville yesterday. And it replicated a lot of what – you had in the mid-90s with Arkansas and Kentucky with Nolan Richardson and Rick Pitino's team. So it was a great day for the SEC with that game. Yeah, I would still say that Kentucky and Tennessee are probably the best two teams in the SEC despite Auburn killing Tennessee today. Um, let's let's move on real quick to the Auburn-Tennessee championship game and we can talk about the, the actual NCAA tournament for a while. Um, what happened today, JB? Uh, just too, too many emotions, like we said earlier, beating, beating Kentucky and then just – not keeping guard up for Auburn? Or does Auburn really have Tennessee's number now? You really can't make excuses for Tennessee today. I mean, they, they came out flat. They obviously, you can tell, they didn't want it as much as Auburn. 
Bruce Pearl, you know, is, is a highly, really, really great motivator. And he had his team ready today. Uh, they they came out and they, they started off a little cold and they uh, weathered the storm and then let Tennessee get too far ahead. And then after that, they just went on an absolute scoring binge and Tennessee didn't have an answer for it. I don't know if I was – to me, it was just more like it's a bad matchup for Tennessee as well. Uh, the Auburn guards are way too quick for them. They were able to uh, control the pace and – Tennessee tried to play at Auburn's pace, and that's not how Tennessee plays. I mean, they, Tennessee can play fast, but they try to play like Auburn, and you can't play Auburn's game. you got to play a contrasting style. If you try to play Auburn's style, I don't care what team you are. You're not really going to probably beat them. Now, Auburn, to me, is maybe the most exciting team to watch in the SEC. Um, the, way, the way they play, the pace they play, they're just so intense. Um, the way they go after the rebounds, and they're just – they're fun to watch. Um, I mean, they, they did play hard, JB, but also they made 15 threes, and that's not going to happen every single game. So that's the point I want to make is that um, I tweeted it out that um, making 15 threes is great, but it's also kind of scary because it's not going to happen every single game, and there's a chance that you could you know go two for 20 in, in an NCAA tournament game and really put yourself in jeopardy. Right, but I think they still – I think they shot like over 43s like – even though they made 15, like the percentage clip was still below 40%, but they, they just shoot so many threes, and, and yeah. most of the time they make enough. Yeah, it was a good game. Did you get to watch it today, Holt, or are you fine? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, my just general take on it was, kind of like JB said, it wasn't even uh, – it's not like they were making so many threes. It's, I mean, they were taking so many because they kept getting offensive rebounds and Tennessee kept turning the ball over. And because of the pace that Auburn plays at, they get so many offensive possessions. And it was just, you know, it was just one of those games where, like, everything was, was working in Auburn's favor and everything was going against Tennessee. I mean, it's just one of those uh, – I mean, just one of those games that kind of gets away from you. It was a close game early, and Auburn wasn't really making shots. But it was – you know, they still were kind of in there, and then they heated up, like, kind of the end of the second half and, you know, beginning of the second half. And uh, just – we're able to get like a big lead and Tennessee just wasn't able to, uh, you know, get back. Yeah. The biggest difference in this game, in my opinion, was Tennessee turnovers and not taking care of the ball. Uh, during the SEC tournament, Tennessee didn't turn over the ball more than 10 times. Uh, today, the turnovers was the difference. Uh, Tennessee could not take care of the ball and Auburn had a lot of points off the turnovers too. And that, to me, that was the biggest key in this game. It made the difference. And despite Auburn going up, uh, I think 20 in the second half, uh, Tennessee hit a couple of threes. There was a there was like a five minute stretch there where there was like three after three, like back and mm-hmm. forth threes. It was actually really exciting. The point I'm making or want to say is that despite Auburn being up by 20 in the second half, every time Tennessee scored, it felt like it was like a really close game just because the crowd was so loud. Both sides were very loud in this game, regardless of the score, which is why it was so exciting. Because otherwise, I would I would watch another game because it was not close, but it just like, first of all, I, I want to see when Auburn was going to miss because they were just not missing for a while there. And then um, second, when I was waiting for Tennessee to make a run. And um, they made a small run, then Auburn answered for the three, kind of killed it. But it was just exciting to see how loud the crowd was for the whole game, regardless of the score. Yeah, it was. And, uh, I mean, you just got to give Auburn a lot of credit, too. I mean, they just – they came out, they played, they didn't have the double bye. You know, they came out, they won their first game, they beat South Carolina, they beat Florida, and they, you know, they beat Tennessee. I mean, they played really well, 
and they finished the season really strong as well with, uh, you know, beating uh, Mississippi State and Tennessee at home. So, uh, you know, they're really rolling right now. They've won, what, like six, seven games in a row now. So, yeah, they're exactly where you want to be uh, going into the tournament. Hopefully they can uh, keep it up. Yeah, yeah, Auburn's a hot team. They're peaking uh, at the right time. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Auburn's been kind of inconsistent throughout the year. But the beginning of the year, you thought they would be like a top 20 team. And that's kind of where they are right now, top 15 maybe now. Uh, yeah. The way they're playing. So, it's – they they had some injuries and they just got off to kind of a slow start in conference play. Yeah. But uh, you know, once they got going, they you know, and you see that like with the way that they play, uh, they kind of I was saying this to JB earlier. They kind of remind me of uh, Ole Miss in college football, where it's kind of like they can beat anyone, but like you know, they could like lose to anybody too because of the way that they play. Yeah. Um, so overall, happy, uh, exciting SEC tournament. Um, conference tournament weekend almost is just as exciting as the first weekend in uh, actual and civil tournament to what I've said. And I think JB's repeated before too. Um, getting on to the NCAA tournament. So we have S- seven SEC teams in the tournament. Um, I don't know if I really want to talk about seeding right now. Uh, we can talk about the four number one overall seeds. Cause that's a, always a hot debate in Duke, Gonzaga, North Carolina, and Virginia. Um, JB, should Tennessee or Kentucky have been number one seed? No, I don't think so. I think they both lost out to they both lost their opportunities by not winning the conference tournament. I think if Kentucky had taken care of business against Tennessee and had uh, beaten Auburn, I think they would have been a one. Same goes for Tennessee. I think both of them needed to win their conference tournament in order to be that, and they did. Hold, so they got with twos. Hold if you're a ten, if you're a Tennessee or Kentucky fan, which thank God you're not, um, you're probably. Uh, Maybe are you happy that they didn't get a number one seed? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it worked out for Tennessee. I mean, just because of the location. I mean, you know, getting to play close to home, I, I just think it's a way bigger advantage than being a one seed like out west somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the the only tough thing is, you know, obviously, like everybody's been complaining about the second round potential matchup versus uh, Cincinnati and Ohio. So, you know, I don't know. Exactly how that happened, but I, I still think you know I still like Tennessee to come out of that that bottom tier to the uh, at least the elite eight. That's actually we we can talk about that for a, a hot second because um, that's something that's a matchup that I've actually wanted to see throughout the year because I, Memphis plays Cincinnati in the American a lot, and um, Cincinnati to me is like a poor man Tennessee for this year, uh, but they play very similar styles, very physical, very. Uh, Tennessee probably plays faster than Cincinnati. Cincinnati wants to slow the game down and play very physical rebounds and play good defense, uh, which is what Tennessee's strengths are. So it's going to be a good matchup if um, Tennessee can get by Colgate, JB, um, and hopefully play Cincinnati in the second round. I think it would be a good matchup. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I'm, I don't think they're going to have too much difficulty with Colgate, although Colgate does shoot the ball from the perimeter pretty well. And Tennessee looks with teams – that shoot from beyond the arc, and they've been struggling with having a lot of open, letting players have a lot of open threes too, and they got to really crack down on that because the one game that that they really, really did well in shutting down threes is when they played Kentucky a few weeks ago at home. If they can get better on their you know perimeter defense and contain them and not allow as many open threes and contested threes, I mean, they'll be in a lot better shape. I think it was like 2013 or 2014 when – um, it was like Norfolk State beat Missouri as a two seed. Could you imagine being like Tennessee this year? Like Tennessee's had a great year. Not to wish any bad luck upon Tennessee, of course, 
But um, could you imagine, like, having this huge year that Tennessee's had and somehow they get upset by Colgate, which they shouldn't. But that'd be just crazy. That'd be horrible for Tennessee and the SEC if they did. Yeah, being on, being on the receiving end of a uh, upset would not be fun. I couldn't even imagine what it would have been like to be a Virginia fan last year. That had to be absolutely miserable for them. Yeah, the the, the whole country is rooting against your team, too. Oh, yeah. So – yeah, and that's what people say. I, I haven't gone to NCAA tournament game, but um, had friends that gone, and they say, you know, these these locations are supposed to be neutral sites, which they are. But you obviously have um, a lot of fans from the higher seats, especially these, you know, Tennessee Colgate. Probably a lot of Tennessee fans. But the the thing is, as JB likes to say, the thing is that there's um, a lot of overlap games here. So like usually a site like Columbus has like four games in the day or something like that, and um, the other fans for the the people that are going to all the other games, they always root for the underdog. So the, there's Tennessee fans, and everybody else is rooting against Tennessee and in Columbus. I'm I'm imagining. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's like that for everybody. Like everybody's always going to root against the one and the two and the three and the fours and the fives in the first round. Like everyone's always going to root for the underdog. That's not that school. Yeah. Holt, are you familiar with the twelve-five upset every year? I am, and uh, I'm really excited to see uh, Murray State. Uh, pull that upset this year. I feel like they they set that one up for everybody, so they <laughs> so you know you know like Murray State's going to beat who is it Marquette I think right Marquette Marquette yeah yeah I think yeah. that's like an easy one for everybody to pick. I think that's what most people are going to pick. Did you watch the Liberty Lipscomb championship game like me and JB did Holt? I uh, no, I didn't. All I know is they got a big. What one. happened? They got well. I, we were rooting for Lipscomb, but the the only thing I know about Liberty is they got a big white dude that. Nobody really likes that. Hopefully, Reggie Perry can take care of. I'm sure he can. Yeah. Well, I did. Uh... Oh my God! I just lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Are you thinking about food again? <laughs> I don't know what just happened, but I, my mind was like, I was so ready to say something, and like right when I started talking, it just disappeared. <laughs> Lindsay Payless just came across his mind. <laughs> it was titties. It was titties. <laughs> I have like a big fear of doing that, like at work or in school back in the day. <laughs> You like raise your hand and like you had a question and they call on you and then you're sitting there like oh uh, sorry just go away go away. I'm just uh, kidding. Yes, I, I am I am familiar with the uh, with the twelve five upset and hopefully it uh, stays away from Liberty and Mississippi State. It, I don't know if it it doesn't happen like every single year like but it does happen like seventy or eighty percent of the time. Yeah, I saw a stat that said like twenty six of the last thirty years there's been at least one twelve five upset. Yeah. In fact, there was one year where I think it was – I think Memphis was a 12 seed playing Arizona as a 5 seed, or they might have been 11-6 matchup. It was twelve. It was a 12-5 matchup. Yeah. Thank you, JB, the Memphis fan. And um, I was like, all right, I'm excited. I'm excited because this is 12-5 upset that we could actually do. And that year, nobody – no, there was no 12-5 upset. I was like, where is it? Where is it going to happen? But it never happened the whole year. So I was like, man, we, we picked a bad year to be a 12 seed. But um, for Mississippi State's case – um, I was looking at that. I was like, man, that kind of sucks for Holt. But Mississippi State honestly should take care of Liberty. Uh, let's, yeah. Let's get uh, let's get JB an unbiased opinion on this. Who's watched Liberty and Mississippi State? Yeah, I've watched both teams. And Liberty definitely is not the best matchup for uh, Mississippi State. Liberty likes to play the ball, play, slow the game down and play really slow. <clears throat> and they're really like a more of a balanced attack, too, on offense. Like, they, do, they don't do one thing exceptionally well. But they're good at all facets of the game. They can go inside. Uh, they go to the mid range. Really good at moving the ball on the perimeter. 
but they're not like outstanding at either of those either. But the way they slow the game down, like if they're able to control the pace, they could give Mississippi State some problems. But Mississippi State definitely has the more talent. What I'm interested in is how into this game is Mississippi State going to be. Like if they're motivated, then there should, should be no problem for them. But if they're not as motivated, Liberty will be able to take advantage. Um, I, I remember what I was going to say now. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, Holt. Uh, so Liberty played two SEC teams this year, and they lost to both of them. And it was Alabama and Vanderbilt. So I'm feeling okay about it. What I really want to know is how badly Mississippi State's going to beat Duke in the Sweet 16. That's what I yeah. really want to hear y'all talk about. Well, hey, it would be it would be payback <laughs> from when Lawrence Roberts couldn't do it. I remember it. I was when I was a Mississippi State fan. I had, I had. Dude, me and JV were like just joking yesterday about how you bring up Lawrence Roberts somehow in like every podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he never panned out for the Grizzlies. You remember that? Jay? You should actually remember that whole day the Grizzlies drafted him in the second round. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I was excited for. It. I was like, oh man, we're about to be good now. <laughs> but um, yeah, I actually yeah, there was a there was a point in my life where I was um, kind of a Mississippi State fan. Um, Probably, I think it was because like I, I wanted to like an SEC team, um, and they didn't like Ole Miss, and I didn't like Ole Miss as a Memphis fan, so like that kind of worked out. And I had a Mississippi State trash can and a Mississippi State clock in my room, and then I was like, all right, I got to figure out if I want to do Memphis half and Mississippi State half, which half it's going to be. <laughs> but um, never, never panned out. But um, yeah, so how much research have you done for this game, Holt Liberty? That that is all the the research I've done. I saw they played two SEC teams, and they lost to both of them, and it wasn't particularly close, and they weren't. Two very good SEC teams. They are, I think, twenty-eight and six. So high, like a typical mid-major record for the tournament. That's, I mean, they they won their conference tournament, so different story. They're not at large, but um, that does kind of scare me. But um, again, I think Mississippi State should handle the guy's name. Hold is Scotty James, the the big dude that nobody likes who flops. Do you remember that JB flops? Yeah, that was one of the worst flops I've ever seen. And then he got up and showed some attitude after the flop because he didn't get the flop call. I think that's what I'm most excited about is I really want Reggie Perry or Eric Holman to like make him his bitch. Yeah. Which that'd could, be nice. Could happen. Uh, where is the game hold? San Jose in the East region. Oh man. All those Mississippi state football and baseball fans are going to go out to San Jose. I don't think so. I think there might be more Mississippi state media members than fans. Probably just the parents of the players will be out there. <laughs> yeah. Family members. And it's, is that on – oh, it's a Friday, Friday game. So, any yep. baseball games that day? Uh, yeah, they're hosting – who are they playing in baseball next week? I can't remember. But uh, you said the show is going to be 100% basketball, and I just wanted to say that it's actually going to be 99% because Mississippi State took two out of three from Florida and Gainesville. So, what up? But Tennessee beat Florida, too. So, Florida's not Florida. Right? No, Tennessee played Auburn. No, no, no. no. Who – who – somebody else beat Florida that – uh, we're talking about baseball, right? Somebody beat Florida. That Florida's like record yeah. isn't great, but but they're still in the top five though. Even after those, after they lost to somebody. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, but um, hey, they know Mississippi State. I guess that's what you're saying. That's right. But anyway, back to the tournament. Okay, so this is a Friday night game, and it's in San Jose. So we'll see how many people actually show up. But at least we can watch it together. Um, that'll be exciting. But yeah. Um, not too much else to say, except for not a lot of fans there, but it should be a, I would say easy win, but it should be a win. But I guess as a state fan, you're not going to get all into this game and think you're just going to go ahead and run through no. Liberty like you should. I'm not worried until the Sweet 16. I'm not worried about Liberty or Virginia Tech. <laughs> okay. 
Um, yeah, I guess if they do, <laughs> if they do get past Liberty, they they do have uh, Virginia Tech, and we'll see, we'll see, we'll get we'll get to that another day. Um, possible upsets: JB Yale over LSU. You buying it? Not buying that one. So I'll, I'll sell that one. Yale Yale's very smart though. Very smart. Alleg- oh yeah, we're, we're pulling. This the, is going to uh, be like this. This could not be like two more opposite schools. Yeah. Two more opposite like like players, uh, like group of players. Like, I mean, it's just you got like I'm not trying to act like LSU players are dumb. I have no clue how smart they are. Maybe they're all really smart, but uh, like it's just like a bunch of like big like overly athletic dudes versus like a bunch of like small like nerdy really smart guys. I don't know. It's just going to be a really interesting uh matchup there. Memphis played Yale this year and and the FedEx Forum and they beat them, but it was overtime. And I was like, man, Yale is like way too much for Memphis to handle. They don't. They're like running some like right triangles on the court that Memphis doesn't even know what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> I, I just – I think LSU should be able to handle Yale, but Yale, um, Yale's not a bad team is all I'm saying. I mean, they made the yeah. turn. I mean, Yale definitely relies more on ball movement and discipline and positioning more than anything. They definitely don't have the athleticism that LSU has. As long as LSU's into the game and takes Yale seriously, they'll be able to handle them fine. Um, more possible upsets. This would be a whole special here. Kentucky gets by Abilene Christian, but can they get by Wofford in the second round? Well, or Seton Hall, who beat him earlier this year, right? Isn't that the ooh, only team they could possibly play in the second round? Very good. Yes. Point. Very good point. Also, let's take a moment. I'm so glad that NCAA tournament got back to <clears> the first round and second round as like the second round being the second weekend instead of that being like the third round because of the playing games the first round. It got so confusing when they, they did that at one point. So people could so – teams could say, like, they got in the second round when they really just lost the first game. But now it's uh, it's back to the old format. Yeah. Um, but good good point here, Holt. Um, yeah, I was just thinking about Wofford. But, uh, yeah, I, I think if, if I were Kentucky, I'd honestly would rather play Seton Hall than Wofford because I think – the second time you play a team that you're you're better at you're better than and you lost them the first time I think it's gonna be easier to play them and beat them and you have more yeah money. I know what you mean yeah I know what you mean um, but, but yeah I think uh, it, it should be an exciting second round matchup either way I don't think they'll have any trouble in the first round but second round is definitely a tricky spot for Kentucky I think yeah the game I'm worried about for Kentucky the second round is Wofford uh, the way they shoot the three on the perimeter and Fletcher McGee. That's a guy that I want everyone to remember, you two to remember as well. Fletcher McGee, one of the best three-point shooters college basketball has ever seen. He will be a household name this first weekend. I'm not going to say that Wofford will beat Kentucky, but that game is going to be an awesome game. and that is, That's what I'm telling you. Wofford will beat Seton Hall in the first round, and we're going to have an outstanding matchup when Wofford and Kentucky meet. Hey, hey, hold. Do you think JB was listening to us for the past 30 seconds or two minutes? I don't think so. <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> Good Lord, Jamie. Man, I wish I wish you could have been there today, man. Like, uh, how many? What the fuck, Alex? Jamie? It was like I gotta just tell a story real quick. But so today's my mom's birthday. I know she's listening, so I love you, mom. Happy birthday! And uh, we're just sitting there, and I wake up this morning, and I, I call my mom, and uh, I was like, you know, she didn't answer, and I was like, man, like I really wish my mom would answer my call so I could tell her happy birthday, and uh, I want to check and make sure she got those presents there. And I told him, uh, told JB about these. Uh, two coffee mugs that I got from my mom, and they said something kind of funny. And then, uh, you know, we we said something, uh, something, something else came up, and I was like talking about my mom's birthday again or something. And then uh, JB was like looking up gifts like online for something. He was like, "Hey, isn't your mom's birthday like sometime like around like this time of year?" <laughs> I was like, "JB, are you serious?" 
We've literally had like three different conversations already today about today being my mom's birthday. <laughs> Debbie looks at you like super, super serious too. Like what? <laughs> what? It's your mom's he could birthday. he could tell by the look I gave him that he said something really stupid because <laughs> he immediately was like what? <laughs> Sorry, but anyway, back to the tournament. Wait, how how quickly did y'all get y'all's food at Perkins? Because Perkins usually service pretty good, but sometimes it's a little slow. Like, nah, they were they were dicking around. Yeah, yeah, jug- no, no milkshakes. No, <laughs> no, not this time. How many how many times did y'all make that joke? Twice at least. <laughs> I pointed out the booth that it happened in. I was like, yep, that's it. That's where it happened. That's also where, like, uh, I had just gotten an iPhone, and I was, like, taking everybody's picture, like, at the table, so I would have, like, something to remember, like, or something, uh, not to remember by, but something uh, <laughs> to, to pop up when uh, they call me. You know what I mean? You know how, like, uh, when some people call, they have, like, a picture that pops up? Yeah. It's, like, basically, like, all y'all is still the picture that I took, like, that night. Like, I don't know, what was that, like, eight? Years ago, probably now. I don't even know. Eight, seven, eight years ago. Yeah, that's probably why, like seven years ago. That's why I really don't like to think about. It's like eight years ago to me seems like when I was in middle school, not like after yeah. high school. Yeah. It's, we're getting old, man. It's, it sucks. Yeah. Hey, we're not 30 yet. We're not 30 yet. That's uh, true. Um, yeah. So Perkins, Perkins is good, but sometimes late, late night service a little, a little lagging, which is understandable. They kind of want you want to get you out of there. I guess, or don't want to, don't want you to be there to begin with. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I feel like we sh- we need to tell the story like real quick. I'll tell you the Cliff Notes version real quick. But basically, they were about to close, and I was like in high school or just got out of close high school. as in it was like what? And I didn't know any better. 11:50. Yeah, so yeah, it's like eleven fifty, and they close at midnight, and I ordered a milkshake because I've never worked in the restaurant industry before, and apparently, like that was just like some huge deal, and. uh not only did, like, the waiter, like, give me a hard time about it, but, like, the manager came over and, like, said, like, did you really just order a milkshake right she, before you closed? She, she came over. Like, like, <laughs> she, was, she, she came over and was like, which one of y'all ordered the milkshake? <laughs> I was like, God dang. Like, don't, just don't even make it now. Like, you already got me, like, all, like, mad about it. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't know. I was just, I wanted a damn milkshake. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I think they ended up making one for you, though. No, they did. And they gave me a hard time about it, like, the whole time. They're like, I just can't believe you would order a milkshake 10 minutes before we close. Like, we just got done cleaning, like, the blender or, like, whatever. And I'm just like. Dude, people people <laughs> would talk about that. Like, I, like, don't go to a restaurant before they close. And I can understand it to some degree. But if it's, like, if it's like a 10, 10 minutes, I'll still go. Like, I think that's not too bad of a deal. Because, like, th- I mean, we're paying for it. Like, I want the food. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, just make it quick. Yeah, god dang. <laughs> this is America. Um, but anyway, what I want to say is. Um, another 12-5 matchup, Holt, Auburn, New Mexico State. Auburn looks great. Do you think there could be a little bit let down in the tournament because they think they're the, the shit now? I am a little bit worried about Auburn just because I know how cold they can get, like, like real quick. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they could maybe be a little bit too amped up about winning the SEC tournament and maybe thinking that they're they can just show up and win their first game and really having a hard time and maybe even getting upset in the first round or second round. JB's second question is if Auburn does avoid the 12-5 upset, they would potentially be matching up with Kansas. Kansas could be, at one point, the very beginning of the year, they were probably one of the best teams. Them and Duke, when Duke beat Kentucky by like 50 in the first game of the year. Um, Kansas has the potential to be a number one seed at one point in the year. But now, perfect example, they beat Tennessee at the beginning of the year. And I think Tennessee would beat Kansas now. But 
now Auburn potentially could match up with them in the second round. Um, does that scare you? Because this is a, probably a pretty good Kansas team or very talented Kansas team at least. It's a very talented team. I mean, they, Dedrick Lawson is one of the most dynamic players in the country, and I could give Auburn fits considering the way he plays and they're able to go inside with him. Yeah. But but they're not a full strength. Losing Azubuki was a huge loss for that Kentucky team or for that Kansas team. And I like Auburn in this one. I think Auburn's going to be able to take care of business against Kansas. Kansas is not at full strength, and they got a little bit of distractions slightly with the uh, you know FBI scandal coming out. Um, yeah. Bill Self. So I think Auburn's completely locked in, too. They got an experienced team. Their entire lineup and their rotations, mainly seniors and juniors, their experience. Uh, Pearl and that whole team, led by Harper and Bryce Brown, they're locked in. And I, I like them to uh, take care of business against Kansas in the second round and put themselves into the second weekend in the Sweet 16. Yeah. If they get out of the first first weekend, uh, Auburn, that is, um, look out because they could they could do some damage in the tournament. Um, the way they're playing, at least. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. They could also miss a lot of threes and suck and lose the first round. Never know with uh, teams that live and die by the three. Um, let's see if there are some other games we want to talk about. Ole Miss, Oklahoma, probably, honestly, the least the least exciting game in the tournament to me. <laughs> I don't know about y'all. I mean, it's it just doesn't excite me. Not just because it's Ole Miss, but, like, Oklahoma, just they're they're one of those – Power five teams that just piss me off because they they have a few good wins on the resume, so they get in and without with a shitty record. Yeah, I mean, I know you, I know you're feeling, and I, I like Ole Miss in this one. Uh, I think you know the way they play and and the way they're able to get hot from the threes, and you know also having some time off too to reflect after their uh, you know dismal performance against Alabama. Kind of look, it was kind of lackluster, and to be honest, and I think they're going to be able to be. Uh, motivated going into this tournament up just watching their enthusiasm that Kermit Davis has put into that program this year I really like them to uh win this first game and watch out when they play Virginia in the second round that is a really good matchup for Ole Miss because considering how Virginia likes to slow the game down uh if Ole Miss can get hot from the perimeter in that game that could be really interesting I can't believe you're not high on Virginia like I am I just think that's the kind of matchup that could, uh, you know, scare Virginia, just considering the type of team that Ole Miss is. Like, Virginia is definitely really good defensively, but Ole Miss can make threes and contested threes, you know, without issue. Like, they're a really good shooting team. Like, and that's how they score a lot of their points, too. They shoot a lot of contested threes. And if they, I'm just saying, if they get hot, watch out. Oh, do you like watching Ole Miss play because it's like a it's like a hate follow? Like you like to watch them so you can like root against them? Um, not so much in basketball. I mean, maybe a little bit. Um, but honestly, I've kind of enjoyed the way they play this year. Um, I just like their kind of style of play, the way that their guards are always, uh, you know, not afraid to make an extra pass and find the open guy. And you know, they set each other up really well and get a lot of good looks because of it. So uh, I just I kind of I do kind of enjoy watching them play. Their guards are really good. Terrence Davis and uh, uh, Brian Tyree. Brian Tyree. Yeah, how was it? Right. So uh, those those three guys specifically do a really good job. And uh, you know, yeah, I kind of agree with JB. Like I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because they got upset last year. But I just sort of feel like Virginia, the way that they play, um, in a high intensity environment like where everything's on the line I just I feel like they 
because of the way they play, they are prone to upsets against teams that can get hot from three. Mm. Well, I must have fight both of y'all on that one because I, I like Virginia a lot. I mean, I'm not picking them to do it, but I'm just saying, like when I when I was looking at the second round matchups, like potentially, like I'm not really worried about Duke or North Carolina losing in the second round, but you know, Gonzaga and and Virginia, I could see maybe something weird happening. Well, I'm actually just like kind of proud of you because you come a long way for college basketball. I never really think you truly watch that much basketball, but you sound like you know a little bit more than you usually do. Oh, I appreciate that. I've been trying to uh, – <laughs> I mean, some of that has to do with the fact that Mississippi State has been, like, somewhat relevant this year and, like, at least the tournament team. So, I've been keeping up a little bit more. But I, I always hate Gonzaga in the tournament, too. Like, like I do fill out a bracket every year, and I do watch the tournament every year, and it just seems like Gonzaga, like, is just – I don't know. They, they always seem to disappoint in the tournament. I just picture you, like, before – before like uh, us talking about podcasting for basketball, like the whole basketball season, I just picture you like going to Barnes and Nobles and picking up like basketball for dummies and like giving a quick read, <laughs> so, you can, so you can like, oh, uh, that's traveling. Oh, okay. <laughs> there are a lot of like weird basketball rules that I still don't really understand. Like I don't really understand like when it goes from uh, like when you get free throws from fouls. I was, and it starts as like a one and one, and then it yeah. goes to like then you just get two. Like I never understood like how all that works. It should be the later chapters of the book. But I was um, I was just um, talking to uh, the lady friend about this because she didn't understand how fouls work either. And it's it's a little complicated if you're not used to, especially if you're used to watching NBA and not figuring out how college works. So it's a little complicated. So I'll give you that. Um, I'll, give, I'll give a little slack on that. But um, once you watch a little bit more, it'll, it'll get better. Um, JB was Mississippi State the worst, um, the worst celebration when they announced their name for the tournament. It was. Like, I mean, I I just happened to stumble upon it, and I mean, it's just they kind of look like a celebration of a team, like maybe like like Duke or North Carolina, like a team that's been there and done that. Like you're Mississippi State, you haven't been there in over a decade. Show some enthusiasm. I mean, when they showed Ole Miss in their celebration, they were like jumping up and down and. Kermit Davis was high-fiving his players. I mean, it looked like they had just, uh, you know, won the national championship the way they were celebrating. I mean, you don't have to be maybe that enthusiastic, but at least show some enthusiasm. And you're back in the tournament for for more than a decade. And, you know, you're there to, like, you're not – you should just be really happy to be there at this point. I mean, and that's just my opinion about it. I think it's always kind of weird when they show the teams in the tournament after they just lose their conference tournament. For instance, Tennessee today is like – yeah, they're excited in the tournament, but they're also kind of down from the loss, so it's kind of tough. Right. I mean, I don't even know if they had a camera for the Tennessee game for the Tennessee team. I think they were pretty private, weren't they? I think I saw a picture on Twitter. That's what I, our video on Twitter is what I saw. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I think they were like a little excited, but like it's it's kind of hard. It's it's just like you you get your emotions go up and down so much throughout the conference tournament it's kind of hard to unless you win if you win the conference tournament then you're like really amps about this right but, but at least they're like they're upset about their loss today like i think holt made a point about the uh, mississippi state team like they didn't even act like they were that disappointed after they lost to tennessee they were already posting on twitter oh hey we get, we're going to this other tournament now what up <laughs> yeah they were already yeah they were talking about like selection sunday and stuff like hashtag selection sunday and like 
you know, we're going dancing and stuff like that. Like after they had just lost to Tennessee, it was just kind of like, bro, like y'all just lost the game. Can y'all at least like pretend to be like sad for a second? No, it's the first time they were in the tournament for 10 years. Oh, they got to be excited. Yeah. And it wasn't over a decade. It was exactly a decade. It was exactly 10 years. Was it? Was it? Okay. So, oh, nine was the last time they were in. Yeah. Okay. So it, has, it was a decade. Okay. So I'm wrong. A decade. <laughs> yeah. That'd be 10. That'd be 10 years. And uh, Rick Stansberry just missed the tournament too, by the way. Speaking of the 2009 yeah. Mississippi State basketball team. That was a disappointment too. Yeah. Because he was supposed to. When the conference tournament, I think maybe I'm not sure. Old Dominion is the conference tournament, so probably not. But they were supposed to do a lot better than they were this year at Western Kentucky. Um, but that what I was gonna say, Holt, was the the background for Mississippi State looks pretty pretty fly. I, I guess that's like their practice facility or something. Uh, I didn't even see it. I haven't even watched the video. Honestly, I just saw. I just heard uh, JB's report of it. I was just like uh, I was saying. I was actually um, flying from Memphis to Chicago during the. Uh, during that whole process. And I uh, guess who was on the plane with me, by the way. Um, I don't actually know his name, but uh, he's the uh, he's an announcer for ESPN, and I think he called the AAC tournament. Um, little short short guy. Was I think like, it's Adam, Adam Amin, maybe? Yeah, something like that. Adam Levine, is that what you said? <laughs> Adam Amin. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. But was he like, oh, shit, it's Holt Smash from SEC? Yeah, yeah, he was. He came and asked me for an autograph and asked me when we record the next podcast and <laughs> wanted his picture taken with me and wanted me to sign his uh, girlfriend's – well, never mind. But anyway. <laughs> Jason was like, dude, Holt Smash, we're going to pound some barbecue sometime. <laughs> <laughs> You go to, did you go to Perkins like you said? <laughs> Dude, he probably did. I actually wanted to say it because he called the Women's National Championship last year. And he had, uh, like, one of the best calls um, that I think, you know, uh, we've had, like, in any sport over the course of the last, like, few years uh, when Notre Dame hit the game-winning shot to beat Mississippi State. And I just wanted to, like, come up to him and be like, man, like, you know that Morgan William got fouled, like, two seconds before that, like, really hard. And you should have protested that flash shot like immediately instead of acting so excited that Notre Dame won. You know, there's probably nobody that really notices him though, except for you. I, yeah. I, I think I would, I know who he is because uh, he does do a lot of um, AAC and slash Memphis games. So I understand, I know who he is, but if I saw him in public, I really don't know. I definitely wouldn't have thought of initially that like that was him, but. Yeah, I could tell like right away. I recognize it. Plus there was a, like a lot of the Houston fans were around and like they were talking to him. Okay, I got so you. So he that was kind of like a little circle around him. Let's uh let's talk one more SEC team before we get into our predictions here. Uh, very tough matchup with Florida and Nevada. Nevada was I think elite eight team last year. They end up they beating they beat Houston I think Houston or Cincinnati one of them like a buzzer beater kind of thing, and they went to elite eight. So pretty much the same exact team from last year that was elite eight team whose Florida has to play. So. Florida kind of just barely got in with the, you know, win at LSU, um, and they get to play Nevada, who I think is really good. JB, would you agree with that? Yeah, uh, I'm a really big fan of this Nevada team. Big fan of Caleb Martin, Jordan Caroline. That's one of the best duos in all of college basketball. Two senior leaders, uh, Eric Musselman, big fan of him as head coach at Nevada. Really good program and really solid team. Uh, really balanced. I like them to make a run. Muscleman is supposed to get the UCLA job or like big consideration for the UCLA. Job. I could definitely see a Muscleman bolt after this year, especially with how yeah. how many guys are losing. Like, this is a very experienced team. It's not just Caroline and Martin, but they have a few other seniors on that team too that play in the rotation that are going to be gone as well. This is, I think, probably going to be his last season in 
uh, in Reno, and I think he will be going somewhere bigger next year. It's very underrated how, like, if you're a really good coach, not only can you coach basketball or football and recruit really well, it's very underrated decision-making process and when you decide to bolt for a different job and which which team you decide to go to because, like, this this example, uh, him leaving Nevada after all their seniors graduate is a perfect time to leave. And very similar to Kermit Davis leaving MTSU or Middle Tennessee for Ole Miss. Very good timing for him, although he might have jumped – whenever because he never really got that many opportunities but um good timing for him because it most says he sucks this year and almost actually really wasn't supposed to be that good but he made him really good but i think that's kind of cool decision making process for head coaches or up-and-coming coaches when they decide to leave it wasn't and eric musselman's definitely a west coast guy too he's got a lot of recruiting connections out there on the uh, pacific coast states so if, if he gets offered the ucla job i can't see why he would not take it so I think it's he's got some opportunities out there. Maybe with the uh, Arizona job too, when that comes up, and when Sean Miller has to get fired, so he's going to have some opportunities out there, and he will be a hot commodity this off season. All right, let's talk some NCAA tournament predictions. More than that, I want to ask a couple, uh, few general questions, or maybe just one general question that I have uh, for Holt um, on ESPN. If you watch anything about college basketball, you probably can't go too long on there without them mentioning Zion for whatever reason. Do you think Zion is worth the talk slash buzz, or do you think he might be a little overrated? Um, I mean, I hate to say both, but, like, I mean, I do think that he's, like, a generational talent. I think he's, like, a really unbelievable player. But, like, at the same time, like, they really don't have to talk about him as much as they do. Like, it really is overblown. Like, they really need to, like, shut up, honestly. Like, I mean, there's so many, like, great players in college basketball, so many great stories, so many teams that are, like, you know, playing well and are great stories and they just, all they want to talk about is Zion, Zion, Zion. And it's just like, you know, it just, it just gets old. You know what I mean? Like there's plenty of stuff to talk about besides him. I think he's going to be good in the NBA, but I don't think he's going to be as good as everybody thinks he is because the way he's playing right now, he's obviously very big and athletic in college, but I just don't think he, um, he's going to be able to bully everybody around in the NBA like he can in college. He's obviously bigger and stronger than everybody in college, but even the NBA, he'll still be stronger and bigger than a lot of people, but I just don't think it's going to happen like that. Uh, JB, what do you think? Yeah, I, I just don't really see it happening either. I mean, I kind of agree with you, Alex. It's just not really the most common thing to me. Yeah. So, Did you all see that video of, like, the white kid, like, impersonating him? No. Oh, my God. You got to go watch this. It. It's so funny. Like, just trying to call the <laughs> – yeah, the, I think the Twitter account is Max's at Max is nice with two E's at the end. So if y'all if y'all go look him up, it's it's so funny. He like he has all of his mannerisms like down pat. I know I think JB saw it too, but it is is so funny. Zion, yeah, it was it's pretty good. He reminds me of Julius Randle how he played in college because he just bullied everybody around. I mean he he's obviously a lot more athletic and better than Julius Randle, but Julius Randle just bullied everybody around at Kentucky and. Um, He's a good NBA player now, but not like the best. Like everybody, like I, I was talking to a guy on Saturday who was talking about how Zion's like LeBron slash Michael Jordan good or better than both of them. I'm like, oh, I don't know about that yet. I would hold off. I mean, it's kind of hard to tell right now, but we'll see. No, he he definitely has the athleticism and the raw, you know, the raw athletic ability, but he doesn't have the skill set of those guys. So let's not get overly carried away here. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I digress. Though. Let's get on to the NCAA tournament now. So we have. Again, seven SEC teams, 
in the tournament. And we're not going to pick each individual game because that would take forever, and that's not as fun as picking your Final Four teams, your upsets, and your Dark Horses, which is exactly what we're going to do. Um, I'll ask I'll ask you first, JB. We have seven SEC teams in the tournament. LSU, Kentucky, Tennessee, Auburn, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Florida. Out of all these teams, who's your favorite team in SEC – or who's your pick in SEC to go the furthest in the tournament? I have Tennessee going the farthest. I think just based off who they have in their bracket and the matchups they have, I've got them going the farthest. Uh, Kentucky, they have a good draw in the in the first two rounds, but once they get to the Elite Eight in, or the Sweet 16 Elite Eight, it's going to be a little bit tougher. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like I said, Wofford is, is tough for them, but you know, and Fletcher McGee, like he's definitely going to be a huge factor, but I think they can get by them, but – Sweet 16 with their draw and the Elite Eight, like it's not as easy, it's not as good of a matchup for them because especially if they get Houston, like that's yeah. the game I'm worried about for them. I love Houston you. is really good. They're physical, they're athletic, they have a little bit more, they're a little more experienced in Kentucky. And I've always looked at experience too in the tournament. And Houston definitely has more experience than uh, Kentucky. So that's definitely a matchup that I have my eye on for sure. Yeah. Um, you said a lot of things I agree with. Definitely the experience part with Tennessee. Uh, people don't think about that, but that is a, this huge deal. That's why I'm not super high on Duke is because they have no experience. Um, I'm not saying they're not more talented, but they – I mean, experience does get you get you far in tournaments or doesn't get you far if you don't have it. Um, hold, who are you – who do you think is the worst team in Tennessee or who has like the – who's going to lose by the most in the first round? Oh, man. Um, that's a tough question. Let me uh, – I think I have – in my bracket, I have every SEC team win in their first game. Florida beating Nevada after we just told you they Wow. Matches. Wow. Look, you know what, guys? I also have Florida <laughs> beating LSU in the SEC tournament, and y'all thought I was crazy. And you know what they did? They beat freaking LSU in the tournament. And they should have – I had Florida beating they LSU. They could have easily beaten Auburn as well and played in the SEC tournament championship. I'm telling y'all, Florida, y'all are sleeping on Florida, man. Florida's so much better than y'all well, think. And, you, and don't don't even start with Nevada, okay? Because I had Nevada in the Final Four last year, and I was, like, the only one, and y'all were giving me shit for it. Hashtag. So, so I think y'all need to start taking advice from me instead of the, the other way around. Hashtag Drew Lock for Heisberg. <laughs> yeah, well, we're talking about <laughs> basketball now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. It doesn't carry over. You can be wrong in most sports. Or right. Right one, wrong the other. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to, like, I'm looking at my bracket right now. The first SEC team I have exiting is uh, obviously Ole Miss because they had to play a one seed in the second round. I would I would laugh at you. So the first SEC team I have leaving is, like, the lead eight or something like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> that would be funny if I just had, like, every SEC team winning until they got to the, like, they had to play another had, SEC team. Yeah, until they ran into each other. <laughs> yeah. The SEC bias bracket. Yeah. But, uh, I mean – Auburn has a tough draw, too. I mean, you know, you're always talking about that as well. I mean, not to mention you got the whole 12-5 thing, and they're coming off, like, a really emotional win today. Yeah. Or, I guess, Sunday, if you're listening sometime this week. Um, and then they get Kansas in the second round, which, even though Kansas is not Kansas this year, I mean, they, they are still Kansas. technically Kansas. <laughs> yeah, they're not Kansas, but they still are Kansas. Kansas is not Kansas, but they're still Kansas. <laughs> yeah. Y'all are the fucking dumbasses. They're still Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> Can't, so uh, I wrote a term. Matthews found less miles in Kansas yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Coach, where are you? <laughs> Coach. Football. <laughs> He's a bad dude, though. Uh, oh, yeah. He retweeted us one time. Yeah, Shout out to him for that. He did. He did. He oh, did. and you want, to, you want to know another fun fact about Tyron Matthew? Let's hear it. He was born the same day as me, May 13th, 1992. <laughs> I, I, thought, um, I thought you were going to say, like, your mom, and then JB was going to be like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this your mom's birthday? <laughs> Wait. He had to be there. Sorry. No, we're, we're stupid. All right. Um, all right. So, Holt says everybody's going to win the first round. All right. Um, can't hate the play. Uh, although, I mean, even the experts get, like, all their brackets wrong. And, like, you get people that know nothing about basketball get some, their brackets more right than yours. So, it, it happens. Uh, so, I can't really – I can make fun of you. But, I mean, it could definitely happen, I guess. Didn't Nevada have, like, uh, two twins that play for him? Yeah. I thought so. That's cool. Yeah. Um, all right, so who is your favorite upset, JB, in the tournament? I got Belmont winning in the second round over LSU. Yeah, I would. They, they, they have oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me go back. I'm, I'm getting all my matchups confused here. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, I do. It's not the second round. I don't know why I call it the second round, but I do have Belmont winning the first four game against Temple. And I've got them beating LSU. Uh, so I got Belmont beating Maryland first, and then I got Belmont winning in the second round against LSU and advancing to the Sweet Sixteen. That's a tough route for Belmont to go because they have to do the playing game and then beat Maryland and LSU. So probably every single game they will not be favored. No, but uh, actually, I think that they might be favored against Temple. I mean, I, I think they're actually the higher seeded team in that one, so they'll be the one wearing the home jerseys. Yeah. Um, although it has happened because I think when VCU made their and it, and Tennessee right when they made their run, yeah VCU and Tennessee both made runs from the first four so it definitely can happen yeah I agree I agree I feel that one and uh, <laughs> we I think um, we're all going to be Belmont fans this week anyway I mean they're a Tennessee team we should we should come together root for the the capital so <laughs> that's who I'm going to root for this weekend um, Hope you got an upset for us and uh, the Belmont Grill too. Ooh, so that's that. another reason to pull for him because you true love that, that place. True that, but it's, it's a different name in Germantown now. Yeah, you told me about that. That's yeah. weird. Don't worry, but, uh, mom and dad still go every Wednesday. <laughs> I just wonder, like, are they those people that like all the waitresses know? Hell as yeah! Soon they, they come are. in, they're just like they're, they're like they like know about the the scoop on the in the restaurant before like everybody else does. <laughs> like, don't hear yeah. he fired. What? Wait, I thought he was working with us yesterday. <laughs> But, yeah, I, uh, as far as surprise teams, I actually have a couple of Pac-12 teams. Um, I can't believe I'm saying that because Pac-12 has been complete garbage all season. Yeah. But uh, I kind of like Oregon. Uh, they got the 12-5 versus Wisconsin in the first round. You know, Wisconsin, uh, Big Ten stereotypes, big, slow, boring. Uh, Kansas State in the second round, I think they can get by as well. I'm not really too high on Kansas State. And then we already talked about how I don't really like Virginia, so that would be their third-round matchup. So I'm not saying that Oregon's going to go to the Elite Eight, but I'm saying that that's what I'm picking. Did you did you say Murray State too here, or was that time? Yeah, I picked Murray State as well, and then also have, uh, but I had them losing in the second round. But the the other kind of surprise team out of the Pac-12 is Arizona State. Um, they do have to play the playing game before they play Buffalo. And then they're probably going to have to play Texas Tech in the second round. Um, but 
Arizona State didn't miss three state earlier this year, so they must be pretty good. So, <laughs> yeah, so. that's my logic on that. Toby, you have, <laughs> you have Murray State over Marquette? I do, because uh, Marcus Howard's been uh, fighting a nagging injury lately. And, and if he's not at full strength, <clears throat> I can't pick Marquette to beat Murray State. J.A. Morant is going to be one of the biggest names in this tournament as well. I've already talked about Fletcher McGee. J.A. Morant is the other guy I want people to watch. I mean, I, that's kind of like a stupid point to make, too, because I think everybody, every single pundit's going to tell you to watch out for J.A. Morant. I mean, he's a Who does he play for again? I'm sorry. Dog. For oh, for Murray State? State. Dog, right, yeah. Right. His, name is, his, his name is Ja. Ja Morant? Okay. Well, <laughs> okay, so obviously I, I've seen his name written down, but I've never actually heard it pronounced. Okay, so Ja Morant. Yeah. Yes, I've, I've watched his highlights, and I've watched uh, some of his games he played this year. I watched him play against Belmont. He is an absolute stud. I am a big fan of his. Yeah, and I, I like I like seeing one player carry a team, and that's the kind of and I think he's kind of got like that Steph Curry factor. I think he's going to be able to will them past uh, uh, Marquette. Marquette. Although when they run into Florida State, I like this Leonard Hamilton team though, and it's going to be really difficult for them to beat yeah. Florida State. But I do like him to win in the first round against uh, Marquette, especially if Marcus Howard is not fully healthy. Yeah, I really hate the bracket this year. Like it just it's not setting up the way I want it to at all. But there's so many there's so many teams that I like that like the underdogs that I want to pick that I can't because I really like the teams they're matched up with. And then like some teams that I don't like that are highly ranked that I'm like, oh, I like them to get upset. But then the other teams are playing, I think are any good. So it's just like it's really tough for me this year. Here's here's my question. You think so the committee? How many other people there are in there? Like 30, 40, 50, 10. I don't know how many that is. But which all the way, also that'd be like a sweet setup to be a committee member because they just like watch basketball and eat eat pizza and good food all weekend and get paid to do it. So I think that's like what we should apply to apply to be the SEC slow smoke media committee member. But how do y'all think it works in the like selection room? Do you think they're like they sit there and they they have like okay here's the you know sixty four sixty five best teams or thirty two or thirty three whatever it is at large best teams? Um, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna play everybody uh, based off of, you know, their actual ranking? Or do you think they just, like, selectively pick, okay, Marquette Murray State would be a good matchup here in this region, so we're going to do that here. And then do you think they, like, hand-select some matchups on purpose? I think they do. I think they yeah. have to because you got to keep some of these, uh, <clears throat> you know, repeat opponents away from each other. Like, you don't want to have a lot of these conference opponents all in the same bracket either. Yeah. Right. Which, I, at that point, I think they could do – they could have a little more fun with it than – they do. I mean, that's what that's what I was thinking this year. Is like I, I'm kind of like hold is like the matchups aren't as great as you would want them to. Because if you you close your eyes and say the five best teams on your mind right now, they're going to be five best teams, and you're not going to have them going to Elite Eight probably or Final Four. I mean, you can't have five in the Final Four, but if you said the four best teams, <laughs> if you said the four best teams, and you said who's your Final Four, they probably wouldn't match up because of the match matchups in the tournament. That makes sense. I feel like I confused everybody just then. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, need, I need to go take an Advil after that. Yeah, true that. Um, so let's do that real quick. Four best teams in the tournament, JB. All right, so final four predictions. I've got Michigan State against Gonzaga, and I've got North Carolina against Tennessee. But who who are who do you think are the four best teams in the tournament regardless? Because that's, that's the point I'm making is that your final four is that, but who do you think the four best – the true four best teams are in the tournament? True four best teams are uh, – I guess on paper, Duke, Gonzaga, uh, Kentucky, and 
shoot. I'll go with Virginia. Okay. So, what's your final four again? Michigan State, Duke? No, Michigan State, Gonzaga, uh, North Carolina, and Tennessee. Okay. And then go ahead. Go ahead and play it out for us. All right. So, I got Gonzaga over Michigan State, and I got Tennessee over North Carolina, and I have Gonzaga beating Tennessee. Mark Few gets his first national championship. That's my favorite team to win the national championship. What's the consensus on Ball Nation right now? I haven't really read. I don't know what the consensus from, you know, Vols fans are. I just – I like the Tennessee team because they have experience, and, I, and that's the same with Gonzaga too. I always like to go with experience in the NCAA tournament. I think for the most part you look at the previous three national championships and national champions, those are all been highly experienced teams. Uh, North Carolina two years ago in 2017 was experienced. The Villanova 2016 championship team was led by mostly juniors and seniors. Last year's Villanova team was highly experienced. Experience always wins in March, and that's why I got two experienced teams in the national championship. All right, Holt. Fuck is back it up. Uh, do you want my four best teams or my final four? Uh, do final four first and then the four best. Yeah, well, I've been kind of an ACC homer in my final four, but I've got Duke, Florida State, Tennessee, and North Carolina in my final four. Ooh, Florida State. And I've got Duke beating North Carolina in the, in the finals. You know, everybody would like to say that even though they play each other, this would be the fourth time they play each other. Everybody would be okay with that. I've actually I seen just, a lot of predictions for that. Really? I, I mean, I just don't – I mean, honestly, like, I just don't see anyone that I think is going to beat Duke. I mean, the the next – I mean, you got LSU and uh, Michigan State, you know. I mean, they um, definitely yeah. have the easiest road to the Final Four. Michigan State would be their toughest t- game, and that's obviously because, I mean, it's the two seed. But even then – like there's really there really is no threat until the Elite Eight with Michigan State. Dang man, that's messed up. Excuse me. Besides besides Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Sorry. Shout out to my boy. Yeah. Shout out to Hugh Freeze and his <laughs> former and his, and his new school. <laughs> there's probably some some people who think he's actually the basketball coach there who don't pay attention. He was a basketball coach. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I wish I wish he could wear like a disguise and be an assistant there or something. <laughs> have, have like a mustache and like a hat. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Who are your four best teams hold? Uh, my four best teams are Duke, <laughs> North Carolina, Tennessee, and the last one's by far the toughest. And I'm gonna say Kentucky. Okay. So, but I've the- I still have Kentucky getting upset though. Play out, play out the final four real quick. So I got Duke beating Florida State, and I got North Carolina beating Tennessee. Oh yes, yeah, and then sorry. I got Duke beating North Carolina in the, in the championship. Debbie Moore, we just talked about that. My bad, my bad. I but to... I do, I do like Florida State um, in the West. I think the West region has the chance for the most like craziness because I don't really like Gonzaga or Michigan uh, at all, and that's the same bracket that Murray State's in, the same bracket that uh, Florida State is in, and Florida, who I like as well, and Arizona State, who I kind of like, and Texas Tech, like. Um, I'm a, I, I'm not gonna lie. I have not watched them play basketball this year, but they're a number three seed, so obviously they are pretty good. So they're definitely team to watch out for as well. But I think the the West region is has got a chance to be crazy. And plus, you got Syracuse, who is always doing weird shit because of the <laughs> because of their zone. You think they're like doing some witchcraft up there? No, I just think that they're a really hard team to prepare for because of the zone. I just think it can throw a lot of teams off. No, that's true. That's true. I, I, Turkey is actually one of my least favorite teams to play because, you know, it's just going to be like, you're not going to be ready for it as much as you practice. Their zone is so it's, it's, it's It's almost like playing the triple option yeah. in college football. Yeah, I would agree. Um, okay, so we got that. So we have um, 
Tennessee, Tennessee losing to Gonzaga, and sorry, one more time, Duke and North Carolina. You said Duke's winning, right? Holt? Yeah, I got Duke, and uh, we have two uh, entries each, and I have Duke winning both of my entries on SEC Slow Smoked. So all of you out there listening, if you want to join our group, it's at SEC Slow Smoked. And yeah, let me also make a note here. Uh, even though this is my uh, Final Four, you know, with Michigan State, Gonzaga, Tennessee, North Carolina, with Gonzaga beating Tennessee in the national championship. This is just a rough draft. I'm definitely not sitting on this bracket yet. Like, I, this is just kind of what I have right now, but I'm definitely going to be doing some more analysis and tweaks. This is what I did as soon as I got home, you know, as soon as I uh, had the selection show done, grabbed a beer and did, you know, my picks immediately. Like, that's what I came up with, but I'll be making tweaks. So, for all of y'all listening, uh, you'll be able to see my final bracket uh, Wednesday night, and I'll have it submitted by then, ready to go before Thursday. Cannot wait for that. Um, so, quick, another quick question before we bounce out of here. Give me some dark horses, uh, Davey, to make the final four lead eight run release. Uh, dark horse for me, Nevada. I like Nevada as one of the dark horses potentially to make a run. That's, you know, not one of those top four, top five seeds. Watch out for Nevada. Holt? Um, I like Oregon just because I think they got really hot at the right time won their conference tournament. Um, who else? Um, obviously, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't really consider Houston an underdog. But they are like a non-group of five team. Yeah, that's why I was going to say. Houston um, is probably my favorite team. Even though they yeah. don't concede. Um, but uh, definitely not Liberty because they're losing in the first round. Uh, Again, that's the problem with the bracket this year. You, you're struggling to think about it. But yeah, maybe, maybe – It is tough. Maybe it's one of those um, crazy – What about a cow- – what are they called? Uh, Cal State? No. UC, UC Irvine. UC Irvine. UC Irvine. Yeah. That, that's, that's, my, that's my pick. UC Irvine. I think they could do something as well. I think the West region and the South region both have the best chance for some some craziness in the first couple weekends. Yeah. It's just going to be a fun tournament. I mean, even even though we don't think the bracket is as great, it could turn out to be kind of crazy. Yeah. It will be. It will be. But uh, – I, I'm still all on Gonzaga. Like, I know Holt said he's not big on Gonzaga. Let me just <clears throat> give you a little point about Gonzaga. They are the most complete team in college basketball. I know everyone's going back and looking at that St. Mary's game. But like a point I made earlier in the podcast, I never look at conference tournament performances as a uh, baseline of how I think they're going to perform in the big dance. Gonzaga is led by a really experienced group. I mean, I love uh, Rui Hachimura, a lottery pick. Uh, Brandon Clark's really good. Zach Norvell Jr. is really good. Killian Tilly, he's he's been out a lot of the season. He's back and healthy now. Really good uh, defensive player, good on the boards, and can play stretch four and get out and shoot threes. Also, like their uh, senior point guard, Josh, Josh Perkins, a lot of talent on that team. And Mark Few has been there a long time, has had a lot of success. Two years ago, they should have won the national championship. I think this year they finally get over the hump, and that's probably the one – Thing I won't tweak when I make my tweak in the bracket. I'm sticking by Gonzaga. They will be my national champion. I do I do love Gonzaga, kind of like you, JB, because I think they're one of my favorite programs in general because they're so consistent year after year. They, I mean, they have a they have an unfair advantage because they're so much better than their conference, and they're like basically a Power 5 team or a national powerhouse in a mid-major conference that's not really – you know, maybe every now and then they'll have another team that gets an at-large bid, uh, but usually it's just Gonzaga. So they're they're going to win, you know, 18 games alone from their conference. So Yeah. 
And I think a lot of people, are, yeah, and a lot of people are just getting caught up in their performance against St. Mary's in their conference championship. Don't let that make that decision for you about Gonzaga being, oh, they're overrated. They are not overrated. They are one of the best teams in the country. They are an absolute contender to win the, to win the national championship. There's a reason they're a one seed. Yeah, Danny, you're you're about you're ready to fight somebody over Gonzaga. <laughs> they they're my they're my team. They're my pick. They suck. They, they suck, dude. <laughs> I haven't watched them play one time all year, but they suck. <laughs> yeah, they're so bad. <laughs> um, yeah, so it should be an exciting tournament. I'm excited for it. Uh, I'm sure y'all are too. I'm excited to eat and watch basketball and football too if that comes on. But hey, John Menzel, shout out to John Menzel for Memphis Express. He, he made That's it right. Made it made it happen for us. He did. And also, Alex, you are coming in to watch the tournament with us this weekend. Archery, like the first two, uh, first two rounds. Oh yeah, yeah. I think you said archery, but you said aren't you? <laughs> I was like, yeah. man, y'all really know how to treat the dude right. You don't have your archery bracket filled out. <laughs> the what? You, you don't have your archery bracket filled out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's coming. So, What's your ETA this Friday? Early before noon. That's good because uh, you need to get here as soon as possible so we can uh, go uh, kill our buffet at Leonard's and uh, get back in time to watch most of these games. I don't want to miss. I, w- I definitely want to be back in time to watch the end of the uh, first round of games that start around, you know, 11 o'clock. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll talk about the logistics. Um, but I think that that is the plan. We'll, we'll, we'll talk it out, though. We'll talk it out and through. Um, but it's, it's going to be an exciting weekend. Um, yeah, don't be late. <laughs> um, Otherwise, me and Holt will go eat without you. All right. Thanks, JP. Um, no time for rapid fire because we spent way too long talking about basketball. So let's... Yeah, this is like our longest podcast ever right now. Yeah. Shout out to everybody who made it this far. If you made it this far – Tweet at SEC Slow Smoked and JB will Venmo you five bucks. Yeah, yeah. I will, I will definitely Venmo you five bucks. Keep that promise. We'll, we'll write it off as our business expenses. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, it's, it's bracketology, man. Like, this is an exciting time. And we could probably talk another hour and a half on this, couldn't we? I mean, well, I could. No, I couldn't. Y'all could, but I, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't. Yeah. I'm, I'm tapped out. I, actually, I probably was – I was done about 15 minutes ago, to be honest. I was. I kind of melted. I kind of melted in these last fifteen minutes. <laughs> All right. Until next time, peeps. We'll see you later. Thanks for tuning in to another outstanding episode of the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. Be sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoked. Spread the good word on this podcast like the chili and cheese on your fries. If you like this podcast, tell a friend because there's plenty to go around. Oh, yeah.